Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I don't like Albie. What do you not like? I'm sick of uh, ingrates. I'm sick of ingrates who who have been handed everything, given every opportunity, but still explain to everybody how the deck, deck is stacked against them and how everything still just sucks. Mm-hmm. Like Michelle Obama. She's been a blessed, lucky person in elite her whole life. Pretty much her whole life. Yeah, she's had a really good life. Right. Got a great, ridiculous DEI job at the college that she was at for a few hundred dollars, dollars $100,000. Uh, you know, married a community organizing guy who went to Harvard and Occidental and you know, all the privileged places. And they've all they've lived, regardless of skin color, they've lived really charmed lives. I don't know whether she's worked a day in her life, a hard day. Maybe she has. I don't know. I do know that she's been personally insulted by racism more than I have, and I think it's BS. I think the idea that that um, she was insulted, oh my goodness, it's a special, it just shows you, because somebody thought she was a target employee, oh God forbid. Well, right, and I think it's interesting because, you know, back, and it, it's almost quaint to me, but back in 2008 when he ran for president, remember it was like the whole Tempest in a Teapot talk radio story that mm-hmm. went on for a little while about how she said for the first time in her adult life she was proud of her country. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about that more recently and how, you know, of course, it's a sort of standard basic talk radio topic, right? It. Like, it's just pure red meat for exactly, like, what you're looking for somebody on the left to say for talk radio. But it's also actually super, super telling, right, about the left and about the type of person that she is, that she never was proud of her country until 2008. 
well, yeah. I mean, it tells it's well, very... that's, that tells you what she thinks of the worldview. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. she's uh, influential to many people. She's been, you know, benighted as this great mind and fantastic force of uh, energy, et cetera. And, and unfortunately, so she's influential. So she's just poisoning the minds of people. And she was on this kid's podcast. I don't know who he is. I'm sorry. I, I don't know who he is. But uh, it's this is on the recount. And he said, like, you must be thrilled that everything is good, except it's not that easy for everybody. And she's happy to go right there. I mean, the bars are different for people in life. There you go. There you go. You see? Bars are different for people in life. That I've learned. Now, she's not saying it's different in a good way for her. No, no, no. It was tougher for her. This whole context is that she had to be perfect because they were black. So she had to make sure they were perfect. Right. In the black, in the white presence, they don't have to be perfect. They never never get criticized. No, Mm -hmm. uh, no. This is the thing about being an other. Mm Mm-hmm. You learn how to be excellent all the time mm-hmm. because you can't arrogant be term. less than. Mm-hmm. Other people can. Other people can be indicted a bunch of times and still run for, for office. Mm-hmm. This, this self-praising, self-indulgent talk, all of the things that she's mentioning are because they got special treatment for reasons that I wouldn't. That's why. That's why Barack Obama wasn't indicted a thousand times, was nobody would because he's a black man and mm-hmm. nobody wanted to find anything on him. He got away with everything. There was zero scrutiny on the guy. She had some bad behavior moments. You know, generally she was fine. The kids are fine. It, whatever. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I can tell you one thing is another, you know, standard talk radio story that's almost a cliche at this point, but is also extremely true. She was on the cover of every fashion magazine at least one time <laughs> and many more actually. Yeah. And designers wanted to dress her and everyone said she was like the most beautiful, incredibly lovely woman ever to be in the White House essentially and it and then treated Melania Trump like she was a leper. Yeah. For four years. So I mean, if we're going to talk about being treated differently, I think that she was treated, if anything, with outsized deference and praise compared to her actual level of beauty and sophistication. Oh, absolutely. Which it- is like fine. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with her particularly, but I, but I, compared to other people who were in the White House right after her, I don't think there's necessary... I mean, I just think if you're objectively looking at it, Melania Trump's a supermodel, right? Like, It's kind of ridiculous. And you're not allowed to say a bad word about Michelle Obama. No. Not whatsoever. In this, like, this... Steve from Merrimack says in the chat that her thesis is semi-literate. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I think a lot of people's theses... Or semi-literate, Well, actually. I also think that... In, I'm sorry about this. There are a lot of people who are given special opportunities. Mm-hmm. And you saw it when I used to be an editorial page editor. Right. There were people who were given opportunities to write for the paper who mm-hmm. the outside world assumed that they were very, very deep, brilliant thinkers. They probably had all kinds of degrees. That oh, yeah. They knew have. all about all about DEI stuff. They knew all the woke stuff. And the stuff that some of these people handed in to me was undiscernible as anything, any kind of train of thought. It was insane. Some of this stuff that I got <laughs> from some people. And now, now I, I got bad columns submitted from all walks, all corners, all uh, right. you know. 
But some of the stuff I got from people who were into social justice mm-hmm. were they were so bad that I had to resuscitate you parts of it. You had to guess it. what they meant by certain paragraphs and just like write new ones. And do major surgery on them. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And, and was, because they were not like English language sentences no. and stuff. And it got so bad that we used to have one of the contributors who's considered a, in, in the city of Boston a very reputable person. But... The writing from this person was so terrible. I used to spend so much time cleaving off huge chunks and trying to make sense whatsoever that um, that, that that person insisted in the protocol was that you send them the finish back so they could so they like, could just sign off on it. I stopped sending it back to her. I said, "There's no way I'm not going to have it's this." It's embarrassing person. to send it back for both people because it's like so obvious that you had to write a totally new thing. Exactly. But there's a lot of this that goes on, and it's it's astounding. Actually, we showed your sister one time, I think. When, oh yeah, in, like because because of people like me, I'm now an accomplice propping up these midwits <laughs> at best who shouldn't be writing yeah, whatsoever. Yeah, midwit is high praise. Yes, and these people, these people are yeah. heavily degreed. It's that these people are really really dumb. I wonder. I probably still have some of these. Mm-hmm. I mean, this person is nice, but I'm thinking of right now. But it's not. I'll I'll say it like this. And she wasn't the only one, though, too. No. Is there were a lot of smart, credentialed people who were sending you stuff that was, like, not great. Right. Some was horrifying, and some was <clears throat> just, like, lame, but... I- well, some some of the things that... The, the, some, one of the problems was with, with people who submit op-eds who aren't really writers but try to write, is that they're trying to change the world with their writing. Rather than just have a thought... Come up with examples, close it out. You know, I, I had to talk people down from, uh, you know, high um, cliff ledges, saying, "No, no, no, we're not, we're not. You're not in this climb. This is a simple thing." But the other ones were people who believe they had the gift of writing because they have been told to forever, forever, ever, and ever through academia, and who nobody. I, I'm sure that the, that a lot of these people I'm talking about also submitted op-eds to the Boston Globe. And the Globe looked at these and probably thought, oh my God, what is this? Let's clean it up. Let's pretend that this person is a clear thinker. That this is a normal part of the editorial process that we do for journalists and editorial writers. Well, well for instance, you remember Monica Cannon Grant? Mm-hmm. Remember she wrote op-eds for the Globe. Oh yeah, I'm sure they cleaned hers up big time. Can you imagine the absolute dead, you know, dismembered roadkill that she would submit to them. <laughs> I can't imagine. I could imagine. They would take teams of people. She's an illiterate. She doesn't. There's people in the chat <clears throat> trying to guess who it is. I don't think you're going to guess because I think no. it's too obscure. <clears throat> Use your. It, it probably is. These are people who. You wouldn't be surprised. Not like regular people who were employed for the Herald. No, no, these are these are people. These are like outside local politicians people. and yeah. activists yeah. around Boston mm-hmm. at the time. And then later on, we had a, a few from Lowell. I even had I remember I had in in Lowell when I defended a, an op-ed that an editorial we wrote essentially saying that it's good for people to come here to learn to speak English. Mm-hmm. And then all the because it's the summer of George Floyd, everybody went after us and me in the paper or whatever. And I was, I was all, I was for it. I even had to clean up the, the local, opposing viewpoint. Yes, the local <laughs> DEI piece uh, in submitted something so putrid 
that it was a hit on me for being a racist and I had to clean that up. <laughs> it's like, really? This is... Um, I'm... You guys are asking a lot here. Yeah. God. Anyway, um, but like, but when people look at Michelle Obama, she says stuff like this. It's harder for other people. You know, it was harder for us. I, first of all, she's so such an elitist and so arrogant. I mean, I had to be perfect all the time. So you weren't perfect all the time, lady. And your husband wasn't perfect all the time. He no. did a lot of crappy things. He did a lot of things that were unconstitutional. Not to mention, he was <coughs> an absolute political non-entity before he gave his DNC speech and ran for president. He did absolutely nothing. Well, he gave a good speech, and, and I understand no, that's he gave, a... But I mean, he didn't like... <coughs> He had no record of like legislative is, accomplishment. <clears throat> no, because he wanted to be a superstar. He didn't want to be. He, wanted, <laughs> he to be wanted to be a speech giver. Right, because he's an activist, and he was on the early class of this stuff. And if you look at what did what did uh, Barack Obama do at the end of the day in this country? He divided us on race, where he could have mm -hmm. brought everybody together, but he couldn't resist. Divided doing us this on stuff, race. The Cambridge police acted stupidly. Doing the stuff with the the kid with the skittles and like all like sent the. In the government after his political enemies, the IRS, yeah. all these groups, yeah. So when she says like, oh, when other people have been indicted again and again and again, yeah, he's indicted because people like yeah. you are incompetent at your job and are activists and are going after him. Yeah, your husband's administration spied on him. Yes. To try and get dirt so that he wouldn't be elected because you're lunatics and you're going to sit here and talk about how he's ruining the country. It's incredible stuff, really, when you think about it. And, and that's the thing. And you're seeing this like more and more people. We're seeing it now more because of the Claudine Gay stuff. But the self-pity, and that's maybe that's the theme of today's show. The self-pity is like enough of it I'm, I'm i'm sick of it michelle obama is essentially my age maybe a few years older um and like just suck it up it's, i'm just so so incredibly sick of it uh this lady is she that yeah because isn't obama like a boomer technically yeah i guess he is but he's like born in like 1960 kind of boomer i think okay is this girl on tiktok uh we're on gen z complaining about how tough things are I cannot stand how the news has been dogging Gen Z and calling them lazy for not wanting to work a 9 to 5 for the rest of their lives. Let me put it in perspective for everybody who's a little confused here, okay? I work five days out of the week, 40 hours a week, okay? I do not make enough to live on my own. I would not make enough to pay rent, water, electric, and eat all by myself. I five days out of the week, mm -hmm. 40 hours a week. That sounds like the minimum. Can you imagine? That they let you do? Five days, <laughs> I don't know. And then- First of all, she's wearing a blue apron, which tells me she probably works for a, a Walton-owned company. Uh, maybe, maybe that's where she works. I'm not even sure. But if you're working five, five days out of the week, I have a couple of things that I want to go through. Mm -hmm. I would not be capable of doing that. 20 years ago, when you were getting started, you could live on your own. 20 years ago, when you first started, you were able to do everything that I am now struggling to do. In 2003 or four, just to let everybody know, you could not live on your own with a 40-hour-a-week job, generally speaking, well, at was, an entry level. You needed right. roommates or family or something. Sure. That's right. And in, in 2003, in 20 years ago, um, I had two jobs. So I had yeah. the day job, and then I had the night job. Right. And it was... Working and working and working. But I wanted to live in the city, and I did. 
with my brother and not on your own i had no savings but that was the life could I you was, have lived on your own not not where i lived no not in Pekin hill i mean i could have lived on my own i mean i did i mean once i got into radio i could live on my own i had a few more choices but but i had jobs i was making yeah. more than minimum wage certainly and often not always but often going to school at the same time and i always had roommates Oh, yeah. Usually no. two roommates. Usually right. we were splitting rent three ways for like a two-bedroom apartment and two of us would share a room. Yeah, but I also had a, a studio. It was one bedroom in Beacon Hill that I, I lived alone in for a while. And I was always behind on the rent. I was always f- figuring out whatever shenanigan I could to try to get the rent check in. Hardly had any money. But I didn't care. I didn't. I but I decided mm-hmm. I'll be broke and I'm going to live here. That's, that's well, yeah. And the, the, I mean, the alternative is, and what I think there's value to also is a lot of families, particularly like first or second generation American families, do have their kids live at home for longer and mm-hmm. contribute to the household and save more money. Oh, oh, birthday here wishes. Here we go. We got to find where this thing pops up. Hold on. Steve in the chat says that in 1990, his first base salary was $18,000 a year. Yeah, that seems right. That's Call fairly from good. Alicia. Ooh. Hey. To accept, press 1. To uh, send a voicemail, press 2. Alicia. Hello. <laughs> Isn't this great, Alice? It's so great. <laughs> How are you? Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. I just wanted to call and wish you a happy birthday. How are you, Alice? Good. How are you? How much snow did you guys get up there? Uh, Not much at all. They canceled, like, the uh, basketball games yesterday. We weren't really sure why. It didn't really hit us at all, but that's okay. Alicia, um, you were, where was it, where were you working when you met Morgan? Uh, Pizza My Heart in a little town, Capitola Village in Santa Cruz County. Okay, so a little pizza place. And did you live alone or with your parents at the time? I was living with my parents. And when did you first move out of your parents' house? Um, I moved out, actually, it was like three months after I met Morgan, actually. So I was 19. And you guys moved in together. Was it just him or other roommates there? Um, we had other roommates. We lived, we moved in with his brother and a, another friend of his. So, and you're right, you have a waitress job right now, or you're a manager of the restaurant, or I'm not sure, but you work at a restaurant. Uh, I'm like the uh, bakery manager, yeah, I'm a baker. The bakery, and have you always, as an adult, pretty much work, had a job? Yeah, except when the boys were babies, I stayed home with them, but other than that, yeah, I've always now, What kind of things have you done? Uh, mainly restaurant, waitressing, right. baking, pizza. Right, we've been playing coffee this... shops, all that type of stuff. So, which is yeah. which is a grind, which is hard work, and it's that is hard work. Yeah. yeah, it is, and that's why people respect people who do that stuff for a living. Um, we've been talking about it because we've been playing this audio from a, somebody from Gen Z who's complaining that she works forty hours a week but doesn't have enough money to live alone, or doesn't have enough money to get an apartment and start a life. My feeling is right. this, is that when you're like 20 years old or 22 years old, just go out and get an apartment and start a life. Who cares if you can... I can imagine the stuff, like the trips to um, Chipotle this lady's doing, whatever. The, or if you want, keep living with your parents and save money to buy a house or whatever it is that you're going to do. 
Yeah, or I mean, roommates are definitely, I mean, cost of living is obviously really high right now, so yep. I do get that, but um, yeah, you just, you got to figure it out, like, you just figure it out. <laughs> you know. What is the restaurant you're at now, Alicia? Um, the Jericho Cafe and Tavern. Jericho Cafe and Tavern. Guys, if you're in the area, go say hello to Alicia. Say, but, but you don't, you're not customer facing, are you? No, I like to hang out in the back in the kitchen. Yeah, <laughs> I'm with you. I put in enough yeah. time talking to customers, a lot of customers in my life, and I would much prefer yeah. to be back of the house now at this point in my yeah. life. It's like, you know, it's better money up front, but it's, it's yeah. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You put your time in. Alicia, thank you for the so, kind yeah. words. I appreciate it. Uh, happy birthday. You have a bunch of steaks coming your way. Ooh, so Totally unnecessary, but thank you. You guys are awesome. <laughs> See you later. I didn't let her say goodbye. All a little nanosecond. I got a quick uh, trigger figure. But that's, that just like shows you. like You can grind and do stuff and just work. I just think that also that, that Gen Z doesn't... A lot of people in Gen Z... I, I, I want to believe that they're clueless, so I'm just going there. But we know... Like Edward Thomas is Gen Z and he, he works. Yeah. And he's making a difference. He has impact for the Meanwhile. Meanwhile is a great story that we're gonna play in a second too. But like the self pity stuff. It's like I don't understand. I was so thrilled to be free when I got out of my house that I didn't care. My my friends and I, we moved to California. By the way, when we implement full Marxism these people are going to be asked to put in a lot more than 40 hours doing a lot harder work. I can tell you that. Well, yes. And right now, she obviously probably has a nice flat screen TV. She probably has a nice uh, iPad or some kind of tablet. Mm -hmm. Certainly has an iPhone and all the good stuff. She probably has a car that she owns mm -hmm. and all this other stuff. So she's richer than she thinks. She also has, like I just said, she also has an iPhone. Right. Which nobody used to have. No, there was so, no and nothing. I think, I think that's true in general, too. And <laughs> there's people on the right that gripe about this also. And I know that, you know, I'm in agreement. Obviously, Biden has made things more ex expensive. A lot of people are working harder than ever. All this and unable to afford stuff and all these things. The economy is not doing as great as they want to say it is. But at the same time, like... Overall, things have improved a lot. So I don't really agree with the people on the right either who sit around and say that like people in the 1950s somehow had it better than us. I was just thinking that when we were shoveling, I think probably I, our neighbor said she measured and she said we got 20 inches of snow. That's just any neighbor. The toast. Mm, the neighbor that told me she measured is a different neighbor. Oh, really? Toast said 16. Oh, okay. Our neighbor at the top of the street said 20. Oh, I can see that. Um, So anyway, we just shoveled a lot of snow. And because we're irresponsible, disorganized people, we do we have a snowblower that doesn't work or do we not have a snowblower? What's our current We don't have right a snowblower, now? no. Okay. Anyway, so we have had them. But when I was a kid, almost nobody did their driveway with a snowblower. Like in the 90s? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. didn't. Like, everybody was out shoveling. Now, at least where we live, like, almost everyone either snow blows their driveway or a plow comes. Yeah. No, every, almost everyone does now. And actually, we probably should. This is like, <laughs> this is riding lawnmower snowblower country. 
And right, but I think that's like more the norm everywhere. I think, I mean, yeah, prices have come down. You know, there's international. You know, back then it was like John Deere. And right. That was it. There's a lot of competition now, so prices have come down. Right. So, I mean, and and that's just one example of something that like. 30, 40 years ago, not everyone had that, like, a lot of people spend the money on now. Yeah. That's a pretty big life improvement, I have to say. Yeah. No, and we didn't have, in my house in Winchester, we didn't have AC. We had no And I was thinking about it because our kids were being like, why do we have to shovel? And I was yeah. thinking, well, like, kids also have not had it, just said we didn't have AC. We, mm-hmm. we didn't have air conditioning in the in the 80s whatsoever. And, and then, you know, my dad moved into the house. My mother moved out, long story. But, he had an AC in his room for him, which is crazy, <laughs> which I respect actually. But so we we slept like uh, we slept at his place, like uh, like um, you know, little refugees. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me see if I can find this. Hold on. Good day, Morgan Hevron. Oh. To accept, press one. Oh, to send on. a voicemail, press two. Oh, Good day. Happy birthday! Thank you so much. I appreciate it. What are you up to? Sorry to interrupt your conversation. No, no. I, just, I, just got, I just had to get my happy birthday in. I appreciate that, brother. Hopefully we'll uh, see you in the coming months. Yeah. I'm going to invite you to. we got a big party going on uh, end of February, so find a babysitter. Babysitter? Alice. I mean, yeah. All right. Well, no, there, I'm just kidding. Will there be uh, chicks there? But There will be chickens there. Okay. <laughs> Any port in the storm, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, it's going to be sick. Freaking square dancing, chickens, live <laughs> auctions. It's going to be awesome. Awesome. I'll be in touch with you. Happy birthday. Thank Sorry you, Morgan. I love you. Bye. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. That'd be great if it aligns with February break. We could do a whole um, February break for a month vacation. This is a bros trip, fellas. Oh. Well, this is... maybe I'll hang out at the house and yeah. with the kids. Don't, uh, don't uh, wait up for me. <laughs> okay. okay, I won't. Um, but uh, let me get back to this to her to her video here for a second. Let me add another perspective here. You've been working for twenty years. You have twenty years of working experience behind your belt. You have twenty years your belt? of experience in a career that has allowed you to gain raises, to get more money, to profit you in an economy that you created. You can sit here and you can call Gen Z lazy all you want, but I've been working my tail end off just to barely make it by. And respectfully, I don't want to do that for the rest of my life. I don't want to work my tail end off, wasting all of my life working just to barely be able to pay my bills. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
And that is what you created, not Gen Z. We're just here getting started. You've been doing it for the last 20 years. You tell me how it got ruined. We can sit here and we can call Gen Z lazy all you want, but you let the economy turn into what it did. You let it all run to hell. And now it's Gen Z's fault because we don't want to work to fix your mistakes. So here's my feeling on this. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, that's right. <laughs> deal with it, lady. Sorry. It, we. This is not. This is almost a rite of passage in this country, and it was the same thing when I was when I was shot out into the world in '91. We were dealing with at that point a George H. W. Bush recession. Mm -hmm. Nobody was hiring. I told you that when I, when I went to California, we I couldn't find a job. I went and applied everywhere: auto dealerships, uh, Pollo Loco, every Wendy's, it, j workout gyms. I applied yeah. at every place. I used, remember listening to Rush Limbaugh on my Walkman at the time and hearing him talk about how he got jobs and he would apply to a hundred places and he'd say, because, and then you keep applying and keep applying. He says, because yeah. it might be the 101st that'll hire you. And eventually it was the 101st that hired me and I got a job where I remained poor, but had a paycheck mm -hmm. and had a blast. Yeah. And like, so yes, look, every generation is going to hand you all sorts of reasons to fail and not do well. It's up to you to whip your own rear end and get yourself working. Like I, we talk about once again, Alice. I'm going to praise my uh, Italian American friends, mm -hmm. like the Bocci's. You know Aaron Bocci. Yep. The Bocci's are um, friends of ours. I knew I, I went to. I didn't even go to school with him. I was from Winchester. Ronnie Bocci was from Medford, mm -hmm. but the, Ronnie was would hang out at the end of our street with us. He was our friend. The Bocci's, uh, Carlo. And Ronnie, and there might have been another brother, or whatever. Mm -hmm. As teenagers, these dudes ran pizza shops all over the place. At least one in Boston, and then another one here, another gig here, and he had another gig here. They'd do another gig here. They had 18 rackets going. And when I say rackets, I mean like legal, legit businesses. Yeah. They were unstoppable. They were instilled with values to work, mm -hmm. work, 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 work. Ronnie always had good cars, nice cars. They had a nice Mustang GT and then a big SUV and like this. And mm hmm. As a high schooler, these kids, right. you, if you want to, what you want to do, what she wants is everything now and all the good stuff with, with none minimum, of the hard stuff. Exactly. Minimum output. That's right. Right. And it's true that a lot of people do the hard stuff and things go wrong or they're unlucky or whatever and thing, you know, they don't end up getting the, the life they always dreamed of. That's true. But no one gets there without doing the hard stuff. No. Everybody that's there, Erin Baji, now, um, she owns CB Stuffer, which makes like those huge peanut butter cups and other like chocolate things and stuff. Okay. That's what she, she makes it. But she owns and runs a business, you know, like it's people work really, really hard for the stuff that you see them enjoying out there. Right. And this like attitude where I work four hours a week, eight, like I guarantee you. Ronnie Bocci worked more than four hours a week. Yeah, the people at your company making more than you, a lot of them work a lot more hours a week. Yeah, and this is just like what it happens. In, in, in even in the, in, I don't, I'm, I'm not somebody with a lot of money, but even in the early nineties, as a twenty year old, as a nineteen year old working at hotels, we were working eighty something hours a week, making all sorts of money, and I was I was run ragged. I've never been b before. We were, my job was to roll tables for weddings, you right. know, et cetera. And business was so good that we were exhausted. We were always soaked through with sweat, and we were just exhausted. And I remember a series of meetings we all had 
where they would the, the food and beverage manager would want to sit down with us and talk to us about what was happening tonight in the breakdown that was expected for tomorrow. And I remember being in there with my friends, Jose and uh, Sammy, Stanley. Jose was from uh, Portugal. Stanley was from Guyana. These were my bosses. Mm-hmm. And all of us falling asleep because we were just exhausted. <laughs> and I remember calling my dad and saying, Dad, I've worked like 93 hours this week. I'm like, whacked. And he's like, that's great. That's great. Because it's great. You've got all these hours. Yeah. You're working hard, which is good. <clears throat> I realize now more than then. Then I felt a little bit more like an inmate. And But do you still have fun. You bond. You, you give the finger to yeah. management. It's like... When I worked at the Boston Sports Club in the summer, I wanted to make like as much money as humanly possible. So I worked the 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. lifeguard shift. And then I worked, then I taught swim lessons all morning. And then I worked lifeguarding at the outdoor pool the rest of the day. There were days that I worked from 5 a.m. to 11 p.m. And like the HR from the company called the sports club to like make sure it was legit because they thought somebody was like right. scamming it and had forgot to log out because my hours were so insane because I was spending my I was trying to earn as much money as humanly possible in the summertime and like I just I worked the entire I worked all the time it was like ridiculous and meanwhile there were a bunch of people who would call out from shifts to go to parties and say of their course. grandmother died and got caught and every other thing people no call no showing constantly like I don't know. I'm just I don't I'm not that impressed by like I worked 40 hours this week. No one wrote no. me a thank you card. Like it's crazy. Um okay, to our next uh, in grade. I want to go to this is a great video from the meanwhile. This is uh this is a a Zoom meeting. <laughs> These people are fantastic. This we should almost um send this the screenshot out. Everybody looks like you'd think they would like. A woman on the taxpayer-funded problematic place name panel. <laughs> Jesus, I'm, 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 maybe that'll be the name of this episode. Claim that she looks up places on Google Maps before traveling there and won't visit if a name is suspicious. Let's listen in. When you change something from a name that's honoring into one that is denigrating people, that is racist, that is derogatory, you're changing that space and you're tipping the balances of power. And I know that like being an indigenous person and like going out a lot of times I'll be looking on Google maps and see like a name that I'm like, "Mm, that's suspicious or, Oh, that's derogatory. And I don't want to go there. I don't feel comfortable going there. Let me just clue you into something. Have you watched this? No. She presents as about indigenous as I do. Of course. She is, in the sense that I am indigenous, but she is not, she is Liz Warren indigenous. <laughs> she is absolutely the whitest person in the world, but really more interesting because she's decided that she's patoxic or chick chunk or whatever it is. But isn't that fantastic? <laughs> Imagine I'm afraid to go to certain areas because violence is happening if I go there. <laughs> what do, I don't know who's more pathetic, her or the. I work 40 hours a week, girl. Right. They're both miserable. They both feel like they've been given a raw deal. (laughs) This one feels like she's being hunted because she's really white, pretending to be indigenous. Because somebody that she's never met or seen in her life named a place something that she doesn't like. Yes. There was a tweet sent today by the Clinton Foundation Mm -hmm. on November 7th, 19th. This is one of the good things about the internet. 
tweets out today. It shows him on a laptop. On it says November seventeenth, November seventh, nineteen ninety eight. President Bill Clinton typed out and sent his first email ever. Can you guess who it was to? They've since removed that post because the <laughs> the replies. <coughs> We're very Epstein-esque centric, I would say. Right. But just funny how they like they thought it out. Thought you know what we're going to do this, and then reeled it back in and said <laughs> we can't we can't have this. I mean, I bet it drove a lot of engagement. Obesity, by the way, doctors now. Doctor Nicole Vangro Gingerian, my people, Alice, the fat people mm-hmm. are being told, thankfully, that you can't colonize over me anymore. Here's my hot take as a doctor. I totally agree. It is okay to be fat. We don't say that enough, but it needs to be normalized. If you are fat, that is okay. It is typically not a problem that requires immediate solving. It is not an emergency. You don't have to drop everything in the pursuit of being not fat. Aaron said this other thing in a different video that I totally agree with as well, is that it is okay to not be healthy. (laughs) The doctor. (laughs) How fantastic is that? Can I switch to her? Mm -hmm. That's like you're telling me everything I want to hear. Right. It's okay to drink, by the way. It's okay, Tom, to occasionally use meth. Will she <laughs> sign off on your evaluation for a life insurance policy? Is that is she available for that service? How fantastic is that? The doctors are so activisty now. Mm-hmm. And why is she probably saying this, do you think, Alice? Um, she's fat? No. Why? I think she's looking at probably at inequities at obesity statistics. Uh, and yeah. so, guys, let's all just... Let's back off. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, there is this author, um, Kate Mann, who's a, she's a philosopher, and oh, she Jesus. wrote a book called Unshrinking that's been like posted everywhere now. Um, she says, fear of being fat should end, and instead says hospitals, beds, plain seats, and clothes should be made bigger. Philosopher believes there's nothing wrong with being fat, says society should expand to make room for those who are overweight. Kate Mann, a professor at Cornell, argues for radical bodily autonomy. Um, the 40 year old who in the past has argued that being fat is not unhealthy, um, says overweight people have nothing to be ashamed of. So she's promoting this book unshrinking. So she's everywhere. Um, but there's also, (coughs) there's some commentary because she's talking about how, you know, she's obese and a feminist and that she's, um, you know, been told her whole life there was something wrong with her. This is what her book is about unshrinking. And, um, she, you know, she's been writing about this, but some people have looked for pictures of her and they feel that she's not actually fat enough to really represent the movement. Did you hear what I said? Yes. So, you don't think that she's fat enough to represent the movement. Right. So, this is the people from that camp? Yeah, the people from the camp. They're not sure that she's um, like a fat enough fat activist. Um, can I tell you something? Mm-hmm. If people were to see the causes of my fatness, <laughs> that is 100% full stock shameful. None of the activities that I did to get fat are like anything but, but gluttonous. It's absolutely right. true. Including today I I made a mistake. But well, and that's what I don't understand. Especially, I mean, today's your goodbye to fatness because it's your birthday. Goodbye to fatness. Um but that's what I don't understand about the people. Because you're like fat, but you're not like 
the people on my 600 pound life, right? Yeah. So, you know, I that's why I wonder sometimes, like, what does it actually take to get to that point? And I know I've seen it on my 600 pound life, but it is not easy to be that fat. No, I, I assume you've got to eat through. You have to eat through a lot of like yeah. natural. Yeah, uh, yeah, like uh, a lot of natural gatekeepers. Right, your natural urges don't have you being that hungry. Right. So I don't know, but because um, like you already power through a lot of warrant red flags in your head. Like mean- back before Awaken 180, like the things you would do with pasta and stuff. Uh well yeah I guess so but like I didn't uh, at the point of exhaustion when I'm looking at the bowl and discuss it with it and myself and like having <laughs> you didn't then eat more and having labored breathing I didn't say okay the, now we st- now we really move now forward. we go to McDonald's <laughs> yeah no that was over that was that was it but I want to give um uh, props to Jim Gaffigan at the Golden Globes last night I know you watched it Alice the Golden Globes I mean I. I can't even believe I'm in the entertainment industry. I can't. I, you know, it's so unlikely. I'm from a small town in Indiana. I'm not a pedophile. Fantastic. You know. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. The other guy was one celebrity was there in a dress that was embroidered with um, yeah, female anatomy. Julian Anderson from the X Files. Do you know her? I mean, I know of her, but yeah. Um, so that that was very brave and beautiful. You've seen that Joe Biden will not not accept the uh, resignation of uh, Lloyd Austin. That's nuts to me. How and all the people in the comments, like even for the normal, like middle of the road people who are criticizing him, like Tom Nichols and Zena, they're all like, "I can't believe that. That's ridiculous. You're making mountains out of molehills, and you know, just tell him next time. Let us know, and then it's fine. Like really, next time, let us know." That you, the person like who's part of the chain of command for like the nuclear football, you're just right incapacitated for a week, and nobody he, has he been even released from Walter Reed yet? No, but it, just like imagine had there been a, a nuclear emergency, like mm-hmm. okay, get Austin in here. Oh, we don't know where he is. Can you get who's the second in charge? Puerto Rico. She, she doesn't have cell service. She's at. Uh, <laughs> At the uh, Iberostar Star in Puerto Rico. It's like, okay, well, I guess uh, maybe next time. Incredible. Alice, what is the uh, hot sauce? That is the Chelsea Fire Wicked Hot Sauce. Did you tell people what I did for your birthday, by the way? Oh, yeah. No, I didn't. Um, great birthday surprise. I didn't expect it. I wouldn't have whacked out pasta earlier today had I known this was happening. But Alice brought in a huge spread from Ralphie's in Salem, New Hampshire, including tripe. Steve from Gloucester, if you haven't been to Ralphie's, they do a great job. Tripe, some beautiful, like, clams casino. Um, but I've never had the casino part of it be so this buttery and gorgeous. Oh, it's so good. Um, and there was some sausage and meatballs and other stuff. So, like, all this stuff. It's this not is just kind of me. his last hurrah before he yeah. starts being really good. Yeah, it's so. so, oh, it's so good. It's so good. Once again, I'm celebrating Italians. I'm sorry. I'm celebrating Italians. Thank goodness for you guys. Um, thank you, Alice, for that birthday present. You're welcome. And we got you a nice rotten section cake with blue frosting. I did like that very much. And how did I cut it for you? Oh, yeah. I'll, twi- I'll, I'll post that in a bit. <laughs> okay. I'll cut it so I got an all frosting section, which is all I ever wanted in life. That's really all I ever wanted. 
you're everything to me, Alex. Because all I wanted is a pretty woman who will let me touch her, which is you. There's got to be another way to say that, though. <laughs> What's a better way to say that? Um, you could say that uh, I'm intimate with you or something oh, like that. Oh, okay. So I, that I have. And then I wanted to have in my life where I could have cakes, just a frosting. And that's pretty much it. I've got almost everything I need. So thank you. All right. P&J in Attleboro. Mm-hmm. Hey, Tom. Hey. I've been very concerned uh, lately. Uh, one of your more recent podcasts, you were concerned about uh, possible need for new employment based on what's going on at Odyssey. Right. Well, I've done a lot of careful research, and I've come up with the ideal job Ooh. should you need to make a change out of media. Nice. And this job is for you to become a TSA agent at an airport near you. Uh. I've come up with four to five basic benefits to you for having this job. Number okay. one, financial. Government job, freaking absolute job security. You'll never get fired no matter how inadequate you might be at this job. Okay. And two, you'll get a federal pension. Can't beat that. Not bad. Secondly, status. You get to wear a cool, a really cool pseudo-military uniform, and we all know that chicks dig guys in uniforms. Okay, well, that's going to be that's going to lead it's to one of the problems. It's probably like the only, um, one of the only jobs that you qualify for where you can catch terrorists, honey. Yeah, and I don't think they like let me make any determination. <laughs> I, I need to call a guy who's important. <laughs> Next, we've got uh, convenience. Yeah. Try to land this job at Manchester Airport. Oh, right up the street. Much easier commute than than hauling it all the way over to Hartford. Yeah. Uh, and lastly, you got tremendous French fringe benefits, Tom. You can you can grow. <laughs> I know what's happening. I can grow hope uh, passengers, and you know, there's always some that are more gropeable than others. If <laughs> yeah. you catch my drift. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I don't have that ability. I don't have. I will. It will look creepy if I touch a woman's waist. Or, You're going to choke. I will, yeah, you will notice like something. I will be like, have cold sweat and it'll be like, <laughs> it will be creepy to everybody. They'll see it. I don't, I've, I've had, I've had this, I, I, I can't be put in that position. I was, as we talked about in the, in the field, I was uh, artificially or wrongly convicted or accused of groping <laughs> someone who I never did, but I can't, I will not be, if you bring out some, like, hot co-eds in front of me with, like, their their hot co-ed shirts and shorts, I can't handle that situation. I'm not going to do anything crazy, but I'm just going to blow my head off. I can't, like, I'm not made for that. That said, the Thank body- Thank you, Grant, as a TSA agent. That said, the body scanning machine, <laughs> uh, I would say this to you. If you are taking a flight and I'm doing the body scanning machine, go around. Try to try ask to ask for the wand and try to pro, yeah ask for the full body cavity search from the uh, the other lady in blue because I am looking I am into that number two you can scan certain passengers yes. and again you know how to pick out those passengers that should be scanned problematic under passengers Phil mm-hmm. I, I I like believe me you're thinking <laughs> in my level here I like all of these um but I'm I, I'm. I'm even more at a level now where I think I give off a vibe of somebody who's really liking this. And so I don't want to. You I, shouldn't be allowed to. I shouldn't be allowed. I am If I'm at the liquor store and I'm working there, 
I am checking the hot chick's ID like Alice's and taking all down the digits and Googling them as I leave. Which is why I don't put myself in those positions. I just don't. There's no reason. I'm not going to be... Tom Shattuck is not going to be a massage therapist. For, <laughs> it's just good. I, God made it so I'm designed not to be close to beautiful women. Except for one, somehow. One got through. <laughs> it's a flawed program. Get a, a real good visual of what's uh, what's you, underneath though. some of that clothing. <clears throat> I hate also, you. you could you could do a lot of confiscating. Also, like I don't want to see never-ending cavalcade of men better endowed than I am. <laughs> Which could never happen, Alice, right? No, never. No, just think of all the stuff you could confiscate from passengers. I think about you that. Could, I could take, take their booze. I could take all sorts of stuff. Their drugs, their knives, their mm-hmm. their uh, water bottles. You'd always bring home an endless supply of shampoo. What was that animal? <laughs> what was that I just heard? Do you have a rooster in the house? Bring home an endless supply of what? shampoo, toothpaste, and I know. knives. So just think about that. So anyway, in conclusion, that's all the things they've taken from you. Yes. Yes. That's the job for you. I think you'd be great at it. Um, some of the TSA agents that I've seen over the years, ugh, you would you would be heads and shoulders above them in competency. Anyway, hope you <laughs> take you. my suggestion Thank seriously. You, Good luck with the job search. And you never know else. You never know. Like, what if I started groping the guys and was into it? Yeah, I mean, you've said that you'd pref- almost prefer <coughs> that if you could work up to being attracted. Wouldn't that be great, being gay? <laughs> Seriously, if I was into that, I would be out of here so freaking quick. <laughs> oh, man. And you'd be celebrated for it. It would be noble. Yeah, although I'm a type now. I'm like a... A bear? They- well, I'm a bear, certainly, but I'm also... They used to my my a friend of mine who was gay used to go to this place in the South End and say it was all the it was docile cubs but it was um there's a name for old guys who go after the cubs I forgot there's a name there's a name for this I'll try you to, would go after cubs I guess that's who I'd go after that's what you do that's the, <laughs> I, don't know. I do what the etiquette tells me to do else okay hey guys uh, hey just a quick one episode nine two eight the woman before you yeah it would be interesting to hear about the man before you Tom. We got a lot of uh, yeah. a lot of discussion about your past paramours, but mm-hmm. we hear very little out of Alice. And I've got to believe that she probably had the chance to run amok, maybe for a little bit. So mm-hmm. maybe uh, instead of the woman before you, the next episode could be the man before before you. Listen, Alan Alda, Love the show guys, thanks for all you do. We practice a double standard policy <laughs> here. The difference I'm allowed to say the women before Alice because. I'm disgusting, and I have no choices, so I have to make up for my inadequacies by mentioning these other women, who may or not be true, let's be honest. Mm. And Alice sees me, she's seen me naked. Even today, she tweezed the remainder of a tick out of my open wound. Believe me, she sees me, and she says, you know what, I don't think I really need to retaliate with stories of my, all my ex-boyfriends. I think what I'm seeing before me is punishment enough. You're my best boyfriend. Thank you, Alice. <laughs> um, but no, thank you. I, I hear you. I hear you on that, by the way. I'm, I'm all for it. But we, we practice a double standard here. Alice knows that she'll shatter my feelings in a second if she <laughs> says the truth. It's all about compensation. Thank you so much for listening. Um, 
you can, if you want to be in the live chat, you can always do that. That's at patreon.com slash burn barrel. Of course, the show's free. At burnbarrelpodcast.com, there's links to different places and to I've listen. And i got to ask, even though you're not great at keeping up on this, do try to t- subscribe on uh, YouTube, if you don't mind. Does okay. that matter as a fruitless at this point? No, it's not fruitless. I do like seeing that it's up there, that stuff. And some mm-hmm. people do like to watch it. Yep. So, yeah. Please. I do fall behind, a few behind sometimes, but I try to, I, I'll And if you do better. have, if you do, if you can. It's on Rumble too, YouTube and Rumble. In, like for, for folks who have like friends over and you all hang out and drink a few beers, et cetera, when your friends pass out, if you use their credit cards and sign them up for the Patreon, that would be excellent. <laughs> um, yeah, you can do any or all of those, whatever makes you happy. The show's of course always free. Um, wherever you like to listen to podcasts um yeah thanks so much everybody hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.